What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring. Back at it again, and boy, howdy. Today, 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 more negativity. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I've, I don't know, man. So, so obviously, as you ascertained by the title of this podcast episode... Today we are going to be venting, yelling, crying, being angry. At least that's how some people might perceive it. Um, I just want to make one thing clear about these grinds, my gears, the series, sub-series, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I love wrestling. I love WWE. I love AEW, I love NWA, MLW, New Japan, All Japan, Stardom, Lucha Libre, fucking Jim Bob's Wrestling Emporium, whatever it is. Professional wrestling is a genre, <laughs> if you're an asshole, genre, or genre, if you're an asshole. It's a, it's a form of entertainment that I love, and I'm assuming anyone listening to this also loves professional wrestling unless you just purely love listening to my buttery juicy voice i assume anyone listening to this with your ears loves wrestling and you want to see wrestling succeed and i do too that's why i love AEW. i love how wwe now has some sort of viable competition no matter what the scale is i love all the ind- independent promotions in North America, the UK, Australia, in Asia, everywhere. Wrestling is everywhere and I love it. And I want to see wrestling succeed. And I think there are certain things that are holding it back from succeeding. Anyone listen if if you if you've listened to my podcast for a while, you know that I grew up in the attitude era. And I'm not saying the attitude era was perfect by any means, but shit no it was not. There was a lot of god awful stuff there. But I look at the Attitude Era, and I look at now, 2020. Obviously, as we sit here today, wrestling is not as big as it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's just objectively true. And there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, the way we consume entertainment, the amount of entertainment there is, the, the way you know people have been raised since then. You know, MMA, other, you know, TV shows that are available to people now, uh, just had general burnout. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of reasons. That could be a whole podcast in itself. But my point is, I'm looking, I look at what wrestling used to be, and I look at what wrestling is now. So if you look at the two, you look, one is more successful than the other, you can ask yourself, why is wrestling today not as big? And that's what has kind of motivated me to have these grinds my gears episodes is because it provides an outlet for me for one provides an outlet to kind of consolidate all these things that bug the shit out of me in the professor in the professional wrestling universe but it also kind of it it allows me to communicate with all of you you know i'll always post on instagram and twitter hey what are the things that annoy you about this aspect of wrestling and then you know i'll get a ton of responses every time and then i kind of use those responses as well as my own to put out these episodes So I'm not just trying to be negative. This isn't just bitching for the sake of bitching. This is me wanting wrestling to be as good as it can be. 
And when wrestling is great, it's the best form of entertainment that there is, in my opinion. So, now I'm not saying, like, fucking Vince McMahon has his ear pods in listening to the apron bump. I'm not saying that. He could be. He might be. I do get some listeners from Connecticut, so who knows? But <laughs> point being, I want if, if, there, if there's some sort of ripple effect or if you, anyone listening to this can kind of share these opinions and then they you know share it with others and then you know it escalates and escalates to the point where maybe we can all talk about what annoys us in wrestling and then maybe one day whether it's WWE or whoever else they can start incorporating these these flaws and these these things that hold wrestling back and make their product better that's the goal of this not just to bitch although i think there is entertainment value in hearing a big-headed asian fuck bitch about pro wrestling maybe that's just me if that's not you then fuck you i don't know anyway (laughs) sorry i'm all i'm all i'm all goofed up on coffee right now anyways so what were we here what brings us here today Things that annoy us about wrestling. We have a very vague topic here today. You know, previous episodes in the archives have gimmick matches, wrestling commentary, a whole litany of things that annoy me in regards to those aspects of pro wrestling. Today, we're talking about match psychology. Now, you may be saying to yourself, hardest part of the ring, that seems vague as fuck. You're correct, it is. <laughs> and this va- this may very well be a multi-parter, um, you know, over the course of months and years or however long I'm doing this podcast, because there's always things that pop up, you know, as wrestling evolves, or even as I go back and watch old wrestling as I've been doing, there are things that I notice that maybe I haven't I haven't noted for th- for this episode. Things that I didn't think about today that I might think about tomorrow and be like, oh shit. Man, I should have included that, but whatever the case may be, match psychology. Now, when you're watching wrestling, right? Wrestling in its very nature is silly as fuck, (laughs) okay? The whole concept, I think we can all embrace that, right? Pro wrestling, especially with how big MMA is today and stuff like that, we can all acknowledge that the form of quote-unquote combat that pro wrestling is, is in its very essence a silly concept. However, when done well, is very entertaining and you can immerse yourself in this universe and enjoy it for what it is. I think anybody could be a pro wrestling fan. I think a lot of people can't get over the fact that it's scripted and they can't just enjoy it for what it is. But if you are able to do that, I think anybody that's able to do that can absorb the product and really, really enjoy it and have a good time watching it. However, that being said, we're in this universe, right? This pro wrestling universe. It has to have some restrictions, right? You know, I've, I've said this before. It's like a, like a superhero movie. It's obviously not realistic and it's not based in true physics, but there are certain restrictions. You know, if Iron Man could fucking, it was indestructible, could, you know, had super strength, was, was, had the speed of Flash, and fucking wasn't, can be invisible, and can regenerate, or what, if had every single superpower, you know, why am I watching? You know what I mean? Because there's no way they can lose. And, you know, anything can happen. So it's like, where's the drama? And it doesn't have to make sense. But, you know, Avengers, whatever the fuck, I'm not a big superhero guy, but you know what I mean. 
all these movies have certain restrictions within those universes that allow the viewer to follow along and to create its own logic within that universe. Professional wrestling is the same thing. You know, of course, they, people don't get bruised when they get punched. Yeah, true. And that's not what happens in real life. However, we can all agree and accept the fact that that's how it happens in pro wrestling. However, there are certain inconsistencies and certain things that go against the logic of pro wrestling. And that's basically what we're here to talk about today. First of all, match psychology. I hate how formulaic everything is today. Hate it. This applies to WWE, AEW, Lucha Libre, Japan, everywhere. Some companies might have their own different formulas, but formulas nonetheless. You have a WWE match. Let's, let's turn on Raw. You have person A versus person B. You have A is the baby face and B is the heel. The match starts out, you know, collar and elbow tie up, headlock, chain wrestling, uh, baby face gets the upper hand, uh, heel gets the upper hand, uh, heel gets thrown to the outside, person A does a tope over the top rope and goes to commercial. They come back, heel has the, has, has the face in, the, in a headlock or some sort of rest hold, uh, the crowd's starting to clap, 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 the baby face gets up, fights out, uh, maybe, the, maybe the heel uh, cuts him off, maybe he doesn't. And then they work throughout the match. They get to the finish. Uh, person A goes for his finisher. Person B counters. Person B goes for his finisher. Person A counters. False finish, false finish. Then finally the finish. You know what I'm saying? It's not always that exact. But when I'm watching Raw, I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch until, you know, at least five minutes from now. Because it's just, it's just formulaic. I feel like I'm watching the same thing. It's different characters, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, but it's all the same. And I'm not just going to pick on WWE. Look at New Japan. Look at any Zack Sabre Jr. match. It's All of them are the same. Zack Sabre Jr. is a technical wrestler, uh, very versed in submissions and catch wrestling, and the story of the match is always, oh, can this, the guy that Zach's facing, can he keep up with his technical wrestling? And they always do. <laughs> they always do. And it, like, it'll be like what? You know, Zach Saber, Zach Saber Jr. versus Sonata. And Sonata will, like, at some point get the upper hand in the technical aspect over Zach. And then Zach's like, oh, I can't believe it. Uh, he, he's, he's taking my strength and turning it against me every. <laughs> time <laughs> every time it happens aew there's always fucking if you have phoenix and pentagon there's going to be some sort of canadian destroyer in the match might be a traditional one might be a springboard one might be what we saw at fighter fest when it was like over the over the top rope onto eight guys wind catch them you know what i mean it's all the same. Everyone has their own formula, and I think people need to divert from their formula more often and more often, if nothing else, to suck the viewer in. Because if the viewer knows what's going to happen, they're not going to be interested and they're not going to tune in. And that's one, one important element here that brings me here is me. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in weeks. And that's the first, I, ever since I've grown, been growing up, I've, I've always watched Raw always watch SmackDown. Sometimes maybe I'll skim a lot of it. Sometimes I'll, you know, just kind of breeze over it, get the highlights, but I'll always watch it in some 
former fashion. But lately, I have not been, mainly because of how, you know, I can just not watch any of the TV shows and watch the pay-per-view. And by the time I'm watching the pay-per-view, I'm like, I feel like I'm all caught up. I feel like I haven't missed anything. And a lot of that is based in how formulaic everything is. And that's kind of, a, and that's kind of an umbrella for everything else I'm going to talk about here in this episode. So, But a big one, a big one in terms of formulaic nature of pro wrestling, the lack of selling. Selling in, t- in 2020 is virtually non-existent. Again, I look back at the Attitude Era... I look at why those matches were successful and why people aren't watching today. And I think, in my opinion, in my opinion, a lot of that is stems from the lack of... Again, this goes back to having restrictions on a match, right? Pro wrestling is what pro wrestling is. But you should be able to establish a universe that, you know, this move will incapacitate this person if it's executed on him for a certain amount of time. If, if they're hit twice with it, it should definitely incapacitate them. But anybody can kick out of anything at any time nowadays. So it's, it's like, <laughs> what's the point of a finisher now? You can't, you can't win a match until you hit a guy with five of your finishers, one of them being off the top rope. And there's no selling in general leading up to that. You know, a guy might be, uh, let's say it's like, uh, just, just to pull some names out of my ass. Oh, here's one. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Zero selling. Zero fucking selling. Oh, man, they, they hit a lot of big moves. A lot of devastating big man moves. But nobody's selling a goddamn thing, so who cares? Cool, Keith, you hit a big power bomb on Dominic, but now he's just standing right up as if you didn't hit him with it. So what was the point of it? Yeah, yeah, Dominic, that was a pretty sick kick you did. A cool, a cool moonsault to follow up, but Keith Lee just sits up as if it didn't happen. So why am I watching? Why not just get to the finish? Because the point here is that I want to be able to immerse myself in this universe. So I'm watching the match. I'm watching the match. There's the build-up. You know, you have this spot here, this spot here. Okay, it's all good. I'm watching wrestling. I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm tunnel visioned into it. Everything outside of this world I'm not I'm not paying attention to. I'm watching wrestling and I'm enjoying wrestling for what it is. But when you get something like, you know, MJF has been doing this a lot recently. You know, he'll get he got power bombed. Like this happened at Fighter Fest, right? He got power bombed or something. Let's say, let's say he got power bombed by um, what the fuck is that game? Luchasaurus hops right back up, gives Luchasaurus a super kick, and and they the commentators try to explain that by oh that was just MJF's instinct. He just hopped up and super kicked him just out of instinct. What <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? Whose instinct? It's, it's not about instinct. It's about you absorbed this immense maneuver. You absorbed this impact. But the impact clearly didn't do anything because you're able to just get back up as if it didn't happen. Physiologically, that doesn't make sense in this universe. It's just going for these cheap pops, these 
easy, you know, cheers that the fans will do because, oh man, that, that guy just hit a big move, but he, he gets right back up. Fighting spirit. Uh, fuck you. It, it's done too much. In the right context, and if you use sparingly, it's fine. But in general, especially with how often it happens, no selling will always take me out of a match. Always. It brings me from a point of, oh, I'm watching two guys compete against each other to a point of, oh, I'm watching uh, fake fighting and these guys are following the script. If you take me out of it, I think that's objectively a bad thing, no? I mean, am I wrong or am I... Uh, I'm not wrong. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, selling is a should be a basic thing right in terms of match psychology and pro wrestling but it's a thing that's a lost it's a lost art i say art but it's like it should be a basic thing you know right because the selling can play into the story you know if if a guy's working the leg you shouldn't be able to do moves that require you to brace that leg or if you do let's say let's say let's say dominic dijakovic is working on keith lee's leg right keith lee his, his left leg is compromised he can barely stand on it. Well, he shouldn't be able to brace himself with a power bomb and then hop up to the top rope and do a moonsault. He shouldn't be able to use that as a plant foot for a kick. Basic things like that. There's no continuity within these matches. So it's like, why even bother working the leg? If it's not going to play into the finish, if it's not going to play into the ending sequences of the match. Easy stuff like that, little details, can make a match that much better but it's just something that is forgotten or just blatantly ignored nowadays um but yeah instinct <laughs> he got up on instinct what a dumb excuse that is a dumb lazy excuse but uh next one so here's here's a few like <laughs> very like specific th- pet peeves that i have in terms of match psychology but they're things that are way overdone one this spot so you have two guys fighting in the middle of the ring. One guy gets like, he gets hit in the stomach or whatever, so he's bent over. The other guy goes to run the ropes, but before he runs the ropes, he just turns around so his back's to his opponent, stands there, does his taunt or whatever, or psychs himself up, stands there for like five seconds, and then runs the ropes. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, why would the guy that's bent over not grab him and prevent him from running? It's, it's such a dumb spot. I don't know why it is done, but nonetheless, it still is. And it should be an easy thing to stop doing. But for whatever reason, they continue to do it. I guess someone out there likes it. Who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the asshole here. Um, overusing mocking taunts against opponents. A few examples that immediately come to mind are the you can't see me against John Cena and the come on against Shinsuke <laughs> every time, especially, especially Shinsuke nowadays. It feels like every time he's up one-on-one with somebody, the other guy has to be like, ah, come on. Like he, everyone does it. Why does everyone do it? At a certain point, it's just like, okay, it's not entertaining anymore because it's so overdone. And the you can't see me against John Cena again. You know, obviously he's not competing nowadays, but back in the day, it's like edge, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, every every match he was in, at some point they would do the you can't see me gesture as if they were the first one that thought about doing that. 
It's a little fit. It's a, it's a small detail, but it bugs the fuck out of me. Um, you know, big men in general, while I'm on the subject of Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic, let's talk about big men wrestling, right? Now, I'm in no position to tell anyone how to wrestle, okay? I understand that. But I listen to guys like Mark Henry and Big Show and Kane and Undertaker, all some of the best big men in the history of wrestling. They all, you know, in various forms, various magnitudes, have kind of referenced how big men wrestle today and have mentioned how it's unnecessary. You know, someone like Keith Lee, sure, he's incredibly athletic and a lot of the things he does are supremely impressive. I got that. But at a certain point when you do when you do a moonsault every match, it no longer is special. It's like every Dominic and Keith match. It's just flip after flip after springboard after tope. It, it desensitizes the viewer to the point where now if they do it, if they have another match and they do all that stuff, it's not going to be as impressive because we've seen it time and time again. To me, big guys, big lads as some people call it, when they wrestle, in my opinion, it's more effective for them to wrestle as big men. Power moves, strong strikes, being this this indomitable force, being this immovable object that the other person is trying to conquer. When you're just doing these routine, when you're routinely doing all these high flying cruiserweight moves as a big guy or big woman, it dilutes the entertainment value of those moves because you do it all the time. Too much flashiness. It's, you know, again, it's just going for those cheap pops and not focusing on the long-term storytelling. It's looking for immediate gratification and not thinking about how effective your character and your style is in the long-term, long-term being the course of a match. So to me, seeing all these big dudes doing moonsaults every match bugs the shit out of me. It's no longer novel. It's not... You know, wow, I can't believe he did that. No, I know Keith Lee can do a moonsault. I know Dominic Dijakovic can do a springboard to the outside. I know that now. You can't just rely on your matches being good by just doing these corny high spots over and over again. So, whatever. Maybe that's just me. But it's not just the big guys, right? It's, it's big guys, it's small guys, it's medium guys, and girls. Anyone... That goes to the top rope. Holy shit. Can we please stop? Let's say someone's on the top rope, right? And someone's on the ground getting up to their feet. Person on the top rope, let's say they're going for a missile drop kick. They're on the top rope. The guy on the ground is on their feet looking up at them. Once he looks at them, the guy on the top rope then begins to do a taunt. Or charges, charges up. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick ya. Everybody, everybody watch. I'm about to drop kick this guy. They'll do it for like five fucking seconds. While the guy standing on the ground is looking up at him. <laughs> How are you not aware of that? How awkward and weird is that? Like, why would the guy standing up looking at you not move out of the way? Or go to knock you off. They're just standing there looking like an idiot. It makes them look bad when you do that. I see this a lot. You know, a lot of the Lucha guys do this. 
they create like this weird it's like it's just awkward awkward is the word that it is because it's like why wouldn't they move out of the way they clearly see you why are you taking that extra five seconds to do your little hand gesture it sucks stop it and while we're on the topic of top rope dives for the love of christ if you're in an eight-man tag match let's say six of them are on the outside and one of the guys on the inside wants to do a dive to the outside. So what does, what does that mean? That means the six guys on the outside have to awkwardly, slowly, and clumsily gather together, like very softly, weirdly punch each other, but also be looking to the, to the ring to see when, when the guy's going to jump on you. Everyone gets together, starts hugging each other, even though you're fighting each other. And then the guy in the ring then jumps off the top rope, lands on them, and then everybody catches them. Every week I see this. Every week. First of all, it's no longer special. If you see a a tope over the top rope every match, it's not special when you see it. People don't give a shit about it. It dilutes the appeal of it. But then you add in this extra shitty aspect of people just gathering around to catch the guy. It looks dumb. Like I said, it takes me out of it. Anything that takes me out of the match, objectively is a shit thing to do because no longer am I watching, you know, two or four or however many guys, no longer am I watching people compete against each other. Now it's a choreographed cooperation. Now I'm just watching dancing and that, and personally, there are people that like dancing. I don't like dancing. I want wrestling. And when fucking Phoenix or whoever jumps onto 12 guys that are all huddled together to catch them, who, who is that for? It's not impressive by any stretch. It looks dumb and nobody benefits from it. And everybody that stands around to catch them looks like an idiot. God, can we get past that? Can we stop doing that, please? Fuck me in my ass. Um, you know, at, at, while we're on the topic of these multi-man spots, the Tower of Doom, enough of it. Enough of the Tower of Doom. If you're not aware of what that is, that's basically when... um. You know, somebody is sitting on the top rope and then somebody else comes to give him a superplex. And then a third guy comes to give that superplexing guy a powerbomb. And then a guy, a fourth guy gets up on the top rope and gives him a neckbreaker. And then everybody comes crashing down at once. And then it's all a hullabaloo and it's all crazy. It's not crazy anymore. We see it every single match. Every triple threat, fatal four-way, every six-man tag, we see it every single match. There's a theme here, everybody. When you do these spots over and over again, it no longer is special and people will care less, less and less about it. No matter how impressive it is, no matter how much pain it causes to you in real life, nobody will care if you do it every fucking match. Same thing, you know, Tower of Doom or, you know, just that spot where everybody does their finisher. Let's say you have like a six man tag, right? You have person A, B, and C on one team, and you have person D, E, and F on the other. Person A will do a finisher to D. Then E will do the finisher to B, and then C will do the finisher to F. See that all the time. It looks dumb because at a certain point, you're like, okay, you should know the finisher's coming because everybody's doing their finisher. Enough. A lot of that stuff, you know, it's just like, again, wrestling is what it is. But we need to have certain restrictions on it to make it entertaining to watch. 
and to get the person invested in what they're watching, to get them to tune in to whatever show it is and watch wrestling. Because if you do these things that are very formulaic, these things that you see every single week, it's no longer special. The viewer knows it's coming and it further, whatever the, whatever the opposite of incentive is, it gives them the opposite to not watch it. So what else? What else is there? Match psychology. Oh, here's the one. Here's the one. Here's a, here's a big one that annoys the fuck out of me. You have a number one contenders match going on in the ring. Let's say it's fucking... Uh, what, what, they did it recently. Um, it was like Keith Lee versus Dominic Dajakovic. I keep going to those guys, but that, that's literally an example of this that I can think of. This is when Roderick Strong was the North American champion. So Keith and Dominic are fighting in the ring to be the number one contender for Roderick Strong's title. Roderick Strong... It might have been him and the rest of the Undisputed Era. They get involved. They they attack both of them in the ring. It's a no contest. Why do they do that? Because Roderick Strong thinks, oh, nobody won, therefore there's no challenger. As if Roderick Strong hasn't seen every thousands of other instances where this happened. Every time it happens, if you have two guys fighting to be the number one contender and the champion gets involved, every single time it is a triple threat match for the title every time and the champion is always surprised always surprised what but 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 there's no winner that means there's no challenger it's it's like at a certain point you're just insulting the viewer's intelligence whenever they do that it insults my intelligence it's like okay they think i'm stupid because they think that i won't remember the thousands of other times that this happened Enough. Same thing with the fucking battle royals. We've all seen this spot. Somebody at some point in the, in the match, I think they did this, did this with MJF when he won the diamond ring. I, I believe that's what they did. MJF gets knocked out of the ring at some point of the match. He goes under the bottom rope and he hides. He hides the rest of the match until one person was left and then he slides back into the ring. Oh, we forgot about him. We forgot about him. No one did. We didn't forget about him. You know why? Because we've seen this spot in seemingly every other battle royal that ever occurs. The guy that hides until the end and sneaks back in. I can't think of one time where I didn't know that they were there. The closest, the closest to me being surprised by it was when Santino did that in the Royal Rumble when Alberto Del Rio won. Even then, I, I think I might have noticed, but I, I honestly don't remember. But point being, another another occurrence where this is the spot that you do over and over again as if you don't think the fans are going to remember what happens. We're not dumb, most of us. Well, I'm not dumb, okay? <laughs> um, whatever. Um, speaking of Battle Royals, or just like elimination matches in general... Let's just take a battle royal, for example. You have a guy, he's trying to throw, let's say it's like R-Truth trying to throw Dolph Ziggler over the top rope. Truth is trying to throw over Ziggler, and let's say a fucking, uh, who? Let's say a Kofi Kingston then comes and attacks R-Truth as he's trying to eliminate Dolph Ziggler. My man, it's an elimination match. Let him eliminate him and then attack R-Truth. Same occurs if it's like an elimination chamber. I've seen this before. Someone's going for a pin, and then somebody else interrupts it. Why? It's an elimination match. You fuck. 
whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's most that's mostly existent in like over the top rope matches, Royal Rumbles. But I think people just get bored playing in the corner, so they feel like they need to attack somebody from behind. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's dumb, and it takes me out of it. Here's another one. I even touched on this, I think, in one of my in my gimmick match episode. There's no rope breaks in no DQ matches. If you have a guy in an ankle lock, and it's a no DQ match, and that guy gets to the rope, how about you hold that fucker on? Hold it on until they're dead. I know you can't kill somebody with an ankle lock, but you, you get my point, right? They, like, break it immediately because, oh, it's the rules. He's at the ropes. That means I have to break. No, it doesn't. It's no DQ. What are they going to do? The same applies if you're, like, if, it's a, if, if, if somebody has a manager and they get thrown out by the ref, right? You're out of here. But it's a no DQ match, so, like, why would they go back? Fuck. It's like, what are they going to do? Just stay out there. What's the ref going to do? It's no DQ. Um, What else, man? What else? There's a ton of them here. I'm just, I'm just going through some quick fire ones right here. Oh, here's one. The most prominent example I can think of of this is uh, Money in the Bank. I believe it was 2019, I believe. Whatever year Brock Lesnar won. Maybe 2018. Mustafa Ali is on the top of the ladder, about to grab the briefcase. Brock Lesnar's music hits. Now, Mustafa Ali could have just grabbed the fucking briefcase because he was there. But... He hears music, therefore he is frozen, because wrestling logic. This happens all the time, man. Somebody will have a guy pinned in the middle of the ring, and then they hear somebody's entrance music, and then they get up and then go to the ropes and look at the Titantron, when they could have just kept pinning him and then won the match, and then it wouldn't have mattered. Christ, dude. Um, but yeah, the Mustafa Ali Brock Lesnar one is the biggest example, because it was just so fucking dumb looking. But yeah, man. Ultimately, I just want consistency in my wrestling. Is that too much to ask? You know, sometimes I can pin somebody on top of a hell in a cell, but sometimes I can't. Sometimes you can pin somebody outside of the ropes in an elimination chamber. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can have no contests in hell in a cell matches. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes the ref has to see the tag for its account. Other times you can just do the and as long as the ref hears it, the guy can get in. Sometimes the ref can go to the replay to reverse a decision. Sometimes, oh, the ref's his decision's final. I'm okay with whatever route you take. Just be consistent in it so that there are restrictions in the universe so I can invest in what's happening. Because if anything can happen, why bother watching? It has to make sense because it helps play into the storytelling of whatever is happening but if anything can just any variable can just be added and anybody can kick out of anything and anybody can do any move on anybody and then the rules can change at the drop of a hat like what this is why people don't watch anymore this is why ratings are tanking it's because there's no reason to watch and there's no reason to watch because of the things that i've laid out in this episode and ultimately i want consistency and i don't want my intelligence to be questioned. I don't want the wrestling company I'm watching to think I'm dumb. And WWE, AEW, they do a lot of things that suggest that wrestling fans are dumb. I think it's fair to say that I'm allowed to have a problem with that. No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an asshole. But like I said, I can see this being a multiple part uh, topic. But these are just some 
big ones that have always been on the forefront of my mind. And if you can think of any more, please let me know. Um, DM me, comment on my post, whatever the case may be. Thank you guys once again for listening. I am hard. Thank you.